Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome everyone to today's podcast episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today I'm joined by Stan Gibson and Stan and I have always already had a chat prior to this podcast, just a bit of a uh, see what the connection was between us. And I can tell you listeners that you're going to get a dose of contagious spirit of his enthusiasm, okay? Uh, because Stan is a corporate executive who's turned author, entrepreneur, speaker and success coach. He's become a sought-after speaker for his message that both inspires and engages others to lead a rich and intentional life. Now, I'm very conscious when I say that because it's not an international life. It's an intentional life. Stan comes to life on stage, engaging with the audience with storytelling and expertise from over 35 years of leadership with Fortune 500 firms. His company, Oxygen Plus, has a tremendous passion for well-being as a consultant, and he helps businesses, leaders, and their teams go through transformation and positive leadership training. His passion, listeners, is for leadership-inspired, his best-selling book, called Living a Rich and Intentional Life. Stan is married to his wife of 40 years and they met in third grade. Now, somebody here in the UK, Stan, I don't actually know how old third grade is. So how old is third grade? Uh, Third grade, we probably were uh, the ripe age of about uh, nine years old, I'm guessing. Nine years old. Well, you've beat me because I met my wife when she was 14 and I was 15 (laughs) and we've been together ever since. So... uh, But as it says here, together, you both have a passion for servant leadership. And as I said, listeners, a contagious spirit of enthusiasm. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, Thank you, Simon. Contagious spirit. I've never been introduced like that, and I love it. Thank you for... You, you actually uh, picked me up just uh, when I heard you say that. Thank you so much. Good, good. And that's what we want to do to you, listeners. We want to give you enthusiasm. We want to enrich your your lives and your businesses through this episode. And I know from the pre-podcast chat that we had, Stan, we're going to do that. So um, before we get into the talking about you uh, and and your business and how you help people, give us a little bit of an idea of what you've got in that mug that you're drinking at your 8.30. (laughs) It's, 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 It's my late in the afternoon. Tell us a little bit about the coffee that you're drinking. You, you know, Simon, it's not so much about the coffee I drink. I'm not really a coffee snob, but uh, if I have to be honest, I'm a I'm a coffee shop snob. Uh, snob. I, okay. I, I I love the older the better, the more unique the better. I just uh, and I will tell you, you know, you mentioned the mug that I have in my hand. Mm. Um, my wife turned me on about, oh, let's just say 10 or 12, 15 years ago, actually is when I started drinking coffee, to actually buying mugs wherever <laughs> we were. If we were at a special place on vacation, if we, if she, it's kind of like uh, hanging, uh, you know, buying ornaments for your Christmas tree that you, you want to, you know, have something to remember that event by. So I'll bet you we've got like a hun- over 100 coffee mugs. 
Um, And when we get one out, it's like, oh, let's relive that experience. And that to me is what drinking coffee is all about. It's about the experience more so to me than the coffee. Don't get me wrong. I'll take a good cup of Lavazzi anytime. Um, But uh, it's about the experience. And if you ever go to a coffee shop, do you ever just look around? I mean, some people are studying, they're by themselves. But if you ever see two people together, I mean, they're they're, they're never breaking up. I mean, you don't go to a coffee Mm. shop for bad things. You you go to a coffee shop because you want to connect. So I love watching people at coffee shops. I love being in coffee shops. And uh, that's my story on coffee, Simon. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting you say that because yeah, I, I always get a little bit distraught when I see a couple in a coffee shop and they're sat opposite sides of the table and they're both on their phones and there's oh. no conversation <laughs> happening and they're there because they're hijacking the Wi-Fi and they're on their phones and they're... They're WhatsApping, they're texting, they're shopping on Amazon, and they sit there. And so, and like you, I people watch. So I sit there and I watch them for half an hour, and they don't say a word to each other. And it's even worse when you see one of them then goes and grabs another coffee from the counter, and, <laughs> and the partner sends a text message for what they want. They've just been sat with them for 30 minutes and they send a text message for what they want and they can see see them saying, oh, I'll have a latte, please. Or you know, And it's like, really? Can you not just talk to each other? Uh, but yeah, you're right. Most people aren't like that. Most people go there. The other thing I love, Stan, as well, is the age gap. So, uh, yeah, you go in and you see somebody who's in their late teens or, or mid-teens and, and they're having the experience and then you see somebody who I think the oldest guy I've ever spoken into our local sort of marketplace coffee shop was, I think, 96. And he's there <laughs> on his own having a coffee and he's got his Kindle and he's reading a book. And he and he said, this is where I come not to be alone. Ah, and, that's and, you know, strong. That's, that's so special, isn't it? You know, and he wasn't sat with anybody, but for him, he was. He was sat there in a community of people that just smiled at him as he as they walked by, and he smiled at them. the The barista knew his name and was flirting with him a little bit. She was probably in her <laughs> late twenties, and she's flirting with him a little bit, trying to make his day. And, and it was such a, a yeah, such a, a, a like I say very very strong moment when he told me that. And I thought, what what a great thing. So I'm I'm completely with you on on the venue as much as the coffee. Well, it's funny you say that because, um, I mean, uh, you know, this work from home stuff, I, I was, I guess I was working from home before working from home was cool. And um, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, but I will tell you that uh, I'm in a coffee shop probably most days because I actually like this gentleman you're talking about. I get, uh, there can be people running around talking. I have my earphones in and I'm just in a zone. I, I literally can get more done in a coffee shop in two hours than I can in isolation at home. And there's just a buzz about it. And that's why I'm a coffee shopaholic. I just, I'll be in one later today. Um, again, just because it's where I get, I, I just uh, I just get the biggest buzz there and I get a lot done. Yeah, yeah. And and we have a, a ritual as, as well. I call it a ritual because... We, every Saturday morning, my wife and I, Angela, we go into our local town, Newark, which is a, a beautiful, very medieval. It's where the Civil War uh, started mm. and ended here in the UK. Uh, 
and we go into the marketplace and we go to the coffee shop and we do that every single Saturday. Uh, and and it's and I, I like it because to me it's it's a family coffee shop, but it's actually a Starbucks. Now I know you might say, well, just a minute, that's a franchise. That's but right. the people that work there have worked there for as long as I've been going there, and I've been going there for fifteen years. Some of the young girls come and go, uh, and some of the young lads come and go because they're students. But the manager's been there for such a long time, and it's it's it feels like an episode of Cheers where everybody knows your name mm -hmm. and you can go and you can talk and the barista Phoebe tells me that she went to Seattle and she did some training for, for, for Starbucks which she loved the experience because uh, she won it as a, as a prize for a customer service um, but we go there because we enjoy it we meet up with friends we walk around the town and yeah yeah it's something we feel lost if we haven't had our coffee experience and it could be another. Tomorrow we're not actually going into Newark. We're going to an alternative uh, city which doesn't have a Starbucks. But you know, it's about that experience. It's about that um, going there together. And yeah, every Saturday morning, very rarely do we but, miss. But you know, Simon, what's 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 unique about what you just said is you know we, we start talking about coffee. Coffee is the catalyst, and then from there, it's about the people. It's about mm. the relationships. It's about, I mean, coffee is kind of like the center of the, of, of the spoke, so to speak. But from that comes everything else. Uh, yeah. Just the relationships, the people. The, and, and I agree with you. I, I, while, while I don't do a lot of chains, uh, chains it, it really is, it, it's about the people. So I love yeah. how you said that because coffee is the catalyst and all the beautiful stuff kind of flows from that. So that's, that's, a, that's an awesome way to start yeah. this conversation. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. And it leads into, you know, the, the topic and title of your book, Living a Rich and Intentional Life. It's doing it by intent, isn't it? You know, we don't happen to meet people on a Saturday. I don't, you don't happen to go somewhere separate to do some work. We do it by our intentions, don't we? Uh, and I'd, I'd love to know a little bit more of how that transition has been for you, Stan, between corporate executive into the entrepreneur and the speaker and the success coach. Tell us a little bit about how that transition has been for you. Yeah, great question. Because you know about, I, I made that transition about a year ago, but in fact, I just posted on LinkedIn yesterday and I said, you know, um, while I made that, that transition a little over a year and a half ago, I really made that transition about eight, nine, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, because I think everybody should have a plan B. I think everybody should, should be focused in on living a rich and intentional life. What does that look like to you? And you should start working on that now. It doesn't mean you have to leave your job right this minute or something mm -hmm. like that. But you know, we're not always in control of our destiny. And, and, and to just give you a little background, as you said, I'm kind of a storyteller, but what tripped my trigger was about 10 years ago, my wife and I were having dinner and we saw this couple and, and we're very good friends with them. And we just hadn't seen them in like five or six years, maybe, maybe not that long, but we just hadn't seen him in a while. Mm. And so he, his name is Jerry and Jerry is one of those unique people, Simon. He's not only a CEO of a financial company, he, he and his wife are foster parents. They have a, they have a marriage ministry around the world. He does everything. Mm. And so I, I like, I just admire him in so many ways. And I'm glad to call him a friend. And he walks over and we talk a little bit. We have a nice conversation. And then he walks away and says his goodbye. And then he comes back about three minutes later. And he says, 
Stan and my wife's name is Sharon. He said, Stan and Sharon, I really felt like, uh, you know, God wanted me to come back and tell you that uh, I've got cancer and I've got a 50-50 chance of living for the next five years. And when somebody says that, Simon, you just, you don't know what to say. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 you blob out something that, you know, is, you wish you could take it back and say something else, you know, smarter. But I think I said, you know, God, Jerry, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. And Jerry said, no, 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 no. I didn't come back over here to make you feel bad. I want to tell you, since I got my diagnosis three months ago, it's been the best three months of my life. Wow. He said, I'm having conversations with my wife we've never had before, and, and, and they're very close, but we're having intimate conversations. I've taken each of my kids on a separate vacation in the last three months and asked them, what do you want from your dad before he leaves the earth? I have delegated a lot of my responsibilities because I'm kind of a control guy, and I'm no longer the CEO. Now I'm the chairman of my company, and, and I have very capable people that I have delegated work to. And, and, and then he looked at me, Simon, and he said something really touching to me. He said, when death becomes certain, life becomes rich. Oh. When death becomes certain, life becomes rich. And when he said that, it just it became the catalyst for a lot of my keynote speeches that I do around the country. And, 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 and when I say that, it's like, why do we wait for death to become certain and life to become rich? Why do we wait for that moment when a the doctor gives us that news to get well. Why don't we start getting well all through life? Yeah. Why don't we start earlier taking care of ourselves? Why don't we start having relationships, you know, now? I mean, I wish I could take back my 30s and my 40s, you know, back then and, and, and do things a little different. And that's why I get passionate about coaching because I like working with younger leaders because they're missing out. On, on, on a lot of the, the things that I wish I could have back. So yeah. anyway, that was a that was a story that 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 prompted and and became the catalyst for me, Simon. Yeah, and listeners, I know I've shared my story before about my friend who passed away, but yeah, that is so so important. And I never thought about it in that that way that when death becomes certain, life becomes rich. Because you know, um, thankfully for me. It was a death of my friend, not thankful for him, but thankful for me because his his death changed my life and gave me new direction and certainly has helped me re- lead a much richer life because of his death. And I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, and obviously, I eternally wish that he hadn't had to die for that reason. But he always had a business in the hope that one day he could live the life that he dreamed of. And he, we used to talk every night about the life that he dreamed of and what he would do when he finished. And you know, I decided not to wait until I got into my 60s and 65 uh, retirement age to do that. I, mean, I decided to do it almost you know, within a year of him passing away. And we can all make those choices, can't we? We can all live our life in that richer way with that intent right, right now. So that was then... What was then the transition into taking that complete step into what you do as a coach and a consultant just 12 months ago? Okay, so so like I said, I always believe in a plan B and that was my catalyst eight to nine, 10 years ago. And so from that time, I, I started, uh, you know, I started coaching executives before and after work. Um, and, you know, I charged them 
Uh, I asked them not to pay me, but, you know, I've been blessed. And I just said, you know, I want you to write a larger check than you normally would to some some charity that we can both agree on. And so I started coaching and getting my experience. I started getting certifications. I started putting together a website that I put on the shelf. I started doing all the things. In fact, in 2020, never let a good pandemic go to waste. Um, <laughs> yes. I wrote a book uh, called Living a Rich and Intentional Life. And it gave me the time to sit and kind of put all the things together. And in all honesty, I worked for a Fortune 250 company, was an executive, and they were were, were laying off 50 to 60,000 people and mainly executives because, uh, you know, they were too rich in, 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 uh, in, in, in that uh, having executives. And I became one of those people. So, you know, while I was setting up my plan B, um, we had that conversation on February 25th and uh of a year ago and on february 26th at eight o'clock in the morning i just flipped the switch i already had a website i had clients i had so so the transition to me was not that hard now having said that um when you do it and it's your sole paycheck um then you have to start investing more and more in your company and you know i made some good decisions i made some not so good decisions um, but that doesn't matter to me as much, Simon, as much as the, the clients that I have. Uh, mm. when, when you see, you know this, when you see a transformation in somebody, I had a client the other day who, you know, I said, you know, what does a rich and intentional life look to you? Yeah. What, what, what's going to be different one year from right now when we're talking? And she said, oh, I mean, I mean, it just took her back. And she's just like, whoo, that's a deep question. And then. She just, it was like, you know, she just blurted it out. She goes, I won't be doing what I'm doing now. And she just caught herself. She goes, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. She goes, I'm actually scared. And I yeah. said, scared, that's what I'm after. When you're scared, you're gonna grow. When you're scared, you're gonna commit. And that was the beauty of that conversation. It now took us three months into a relationship. Now we've got something to build on, Simon. So yeah. that's what I love about this transition. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, you've used the word, and I mentioned it in your in your bio that I read out, the word rich. I think we all understand listening to this what we mean by intentional. But I think our, our listeners and I have different interpretations of the mm. word rich. And I'm sure all of your clients look at the word rich in, in different ways. If you could give us a core definition of the word rich, what would you define it as? That's a, you know, nobody's ever asked me that, Simon, and that's a great <laughs> <Sorry>. question, <laughs> which is why you're a good podcaster. Um, rich to me goes deep. Um, it goes, you know, I think we can have relationships that are very horizontal, but when you start to go vertical, that verticality can be everywhere. It's where I am right now with you. I can go mm. vertical with you right now as we're sitting here talking. Um, I obviously want to go vertical, you know, very vertical, always have in my faith in my wife, in my, 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 my daughter. She blessed us with two grandchildren, two, two yeah. one-year-old baby boys that are a bundle of uh, energy, to say the least. Yeah, um, that's a good way of describing them. <laughs> I was being kind. Yeah. Um, but, 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 you know, so that verticality with where you are at the time and, and the verticality that I'm finding with my clients, because I can be somewhat selective, um, that to me is a richness that uh, I just, you know, that to me is, 
is, is what I love about what I do. You know, there was a saying by Bob Goff. If you don't know who Bob Goff is, you got to read some of his quotes. He's just a phenomenal human being. But uh, he said, I used to worry about, about uh, making a living. Now I worry about making a difference. Oh, yeah. And that is a deep, deep, when I read that, I love Bob. Bob Goff wrote a book called Love is a Verb because sometimes we make it a noun. And it's, it's a verb. It's an action. It's something that you do. And so that verticality of richness is what is what ignites me, Simon, with 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 either intentionality around the people that are important in my life. And one of the exercises I take my clients through to find that richness in that intentionality is who or what is most important in your life. And we might might be five six things for me personally it's my faith is first and foremost it's it's you know i'm not going to 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 put anything above that yep. and what surprises people is they say well you know you, you know you you've known your wife since third grade so she must be number two i said oh no no i'm number two because if i don't take care of me i oh. can't take care of her so true. I can't take care of my daughter. I can't take, I, I ran a billion and a half dollar real estate fund. I mean, when I was a corporate and you don't take care of those responsibilities without taking care of you first. So I make sure that I get, yeah, that's why I went into all the science and all the research and with my clients, I can tell them if they say, well, I just don't have energy. Okay. Well, let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk about your nutrition. Let's talk about your exercise. Let's talk about your routines. Let's go into the science, how the brain is functioning, how the body is functioning. Yeah. So, so, so going into who and what is most important and then force ranking them yeah. and force ranking them. It's like, I always say, I put 50, 40, 50 hours into my job. Can I put 40 or 50 hours into my wife, even though she's ranked, you know, so high number three on my list behind my faith and me. No, I can't do that. But that's, I can put in more energy into her yeah. than I can my job. I can do little things throughout the day that speak volumes to her. And that's energy, not time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the little things. Um, you know, I, I didn't learn until probably only nine months ago, how important putting an X or a kissy emoji at the end of a text to my wife was because you know i'm not that kind of person you know, I, I don't sign off that kind of way i don't do the lol yeah. and all that kind of thing <laughs> uh, and you know even when we say cheerio i'm not one of those people you know that will just say it because it's it's worth saying you know i love you love you that kind of thing you know i say it because i mean it and, you know and i say it in the, in the intention as you uh used of of meaning it as well uh but you know, I know now how important that is to her and I know how it lifts her when she just sees that that very special emoji or that, you know, the XXX at the mm. bottom of a text I sent. Yeah. That's where you can actually just stop yourself and just say you're just doing it as you would normally do it. Just make that little bit of a difference and it has such a difference and such an impact on, on the people there as well. Um, I'll share one very quick thing with, with you, Stan, if I can, because you, you said something there, two things. Uh, but the first one is about making a difference. When I was in my sort of early stages of being in business, because I've got no kids uh, and I'm, I'm an only child as well, so I've got no brothers and sisters, I was obsessed 
about leaving a legacy. But the legacy wasn't in the difference it that I made. It was about how people would remember me. Yeah. Uh, and I became very, very uh, entrenched in that. And it was quite destructive, to be honest. Um, and when I became a coach in particular, I realized the, the difference of it's not about people remembering me. It's about them uh, being different, me having an impact on them. And coming back to faith, one of my favorite Christian bands is a group called Casting Crowns. Mm-hmm. And one of their uh, their albums that has really, really touched me, and I think they did a set of videos, which was almost a set of sermons that went with each of the songs. Uh, and two of the songs there, one was called Only Jesus, uh, and I can't remember the title of the other one, but it was the fact that my legacy, I don't care if anybody remembers me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not my purpose. You know, you said there your number one is your faith. My only purpose now is that the only thing that people remember is Jesus. And, mm, you know, um, we, as business people as well, we have to look at that difference and we have to make it less about how people remember us, but the difference that we made to them. That's what we want them to remember. And like with the coffee cup, they will look at something they do and they say, do you know what? I'm sure there's a guy called Simon helped me with that. That's the best way we can be remembered, to be that trigger of where it came from, but knowing that it made a difference, isn't it? That's that's the most important thing. Wow, that's that's so super solid. Yeah. And, and you know, with what you do, you free people up in your coaching. You free people up to be the best version of themselves. And when, when, when people are the best version of themselves, Simon, then it isn't just an impact on them. It's an impact they make on others in their home life sure. and at work. Yeah. And when, they, when, when you help people free up any of the baggage that they have in their life to where they can then become an impact, that's the legacy that I think you're talking about. And, and, and I always call it servant leadership because when I always say that if you're not good at home, you're not good at work. If you're not good at work, you're not good at home. And you need to get right in both areas of your life so that 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 you can free yourself up to make an impact on others. And then only then do you become a servant leader. I am. Boy, I I just love your story because I can only imagine the impact that you're making on so many. Yeah. Um, The the other thing I pick up on uh, what you said there as well about you, you can be selective. So you can be selective of your clients. And, and like you, I was very privileged to have exited a couple of businesses when I became a coach. The banking crisis helped. So I had something that forced me. I didn't have a pandemic, but I had a 2009 banking crisis that came along and forced me to take mm-hmm. that step eight years early. Um, but it, you know, it's, it is a privilege to be selective. But I think to many of the people listening to this, I think it's a must, you know, we, we have to choose carefully the people that we work with. We have to choose our customers. And if we're selling widgets, we can still be selective on the kind of people we want to sell our widgets to. If we're a service provider, we can be personally selective. But I think it, it is important to be selective. How have you found that benefit to you in being able to be selective? Because I think that's really important to share with listeners 
the difference that's made because you know it's not nice working with customers you don't want to work with or clients that you just know you're not a good fit for and they're not a good fit for you how has that been in that process of being selective you know that's a great question because i think it's one that i continuously have to have to work through mm. uh you know obviously obviously you know when you charge clients and you charge them a, a you know a, a very handsome sum um they're going to be committed to the process yep. and so you never want to go through a, through a situation where you just you know gift away you know what you do but i will tell you there have been people there, there's actually a young man who's you know a really gifted young man and i know his financial situation and um he can't he can't afford my you know my fees so i've worked with him and um uh you know i had a friend one time tell me simon never keep score never keep mm. score so when i do that i don't expect anything back has there been things that have come back in my favor there has been i didn't expect it but so there are some people in the world that that if i believe in them and they truly want to make that commitment even though they're not able to pay me at the time I am selective enough to be able to say, okay, I will work with you. But then on the other hand, I will probably, uh, one thing that concerns me is, you know, when I, when I work with a large organization, sometimes somebody's told you're going to work with an executive coach. Well, I'll get paid handsomely for it as you mm -hmm. would, but they're not really committed. They were told that they had to Correct. do something and yeah. they're not really ready to make that, that commitment in life. And, you know, my dad always used to tell me, you know, he said, you know, until you're damn sick and tired of being damn sick and tired, you're not going to make any changes in your life, Stan. And <laughs> he was absolutely right. You know, sometimes you have to be at a point in your life where you say, I need help. I need, in order for me to reach my God-given abilities, I need someone outside of what I think I can do on my own. And I just signed a client who said, you know what, I always thought this was kind of poo-poo stuff, but he said, you know, I realize to get to where I want to be, I can't do it on my own. And so when I see somebody like that, Simon, that says, I am willing to pay the money, I am willing to make the sacrifice, I am willing to make the commitment, then I will commit to them. And again, then it goes into that rich verticality that I'm talking about, that rich relationship that I can have with a client. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so true. So, You've given us a real good insight then, some good lessons to take away. Uh, how do the listeners connect with you, Stan? How can people find out more about you? How can people see what it is that you're talking about? What, what, what's in it for the listeners if they connect with you and, and where would they go? So uh, thank you for doing that. Um, number one, I'm an open book, so you can always reach out to me. And even yeah. though it's a long URL, uh, you, can, you, can, you can email me at stan at oxygenplusleadership.com. You can go to my website, oxygenplusleadership.com. Uh, you know, I, I have a I have a fun newsletter that comes out uh, each Thursday, and people actually, I mean, it's getting a, quite a good uh, what they I, I don't know the word for it opening rate, and the yeah. people that open it because it's a little different, it's a little unique. I don't like taking and wasting people's time, so it's something that you can you can digest under three minutes. Um, but if you reach out to me, uh, again, uh, I have a contact on my website at uh, oxygenplusleadership.com. If you reach out to me, I'd love to put you on there. And again, yeah. I never keep score. So if you just get something, you look at it a few times, you unsubscribe, I'm cool with that. 
but again, it's that one little thing that what I'm amazed at, Simon, is like you. I, I just came back from a conference and somebody said, oh, oh, you're the guy I heard speak three years ago. And, and, and they, they remember it better than I did. And <laughs> sometimes we forget about the difference that we make in just one little comment, one little thing that happened three years ago. And I think that lights me up more than anything is when I say, I just never realize I'm making a difference until somebody brings it to my attention and you say, wow, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I mean, I, yeah. I kind of needed that. So, so that's how they can get in touch with me and I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just to be clear, listeners, oxygen plus the plus isn't the sign plus it's the letters P L U S. Yep, yeah, oxygenplusleadership.com. Right. right, there you go, listeners. You know where to go. And yeah, I'm going to be heading straight off there and signing up for that newsletter if you're not listeners. So uh, you want to, if he's got a certain number of uh, subscribers that he hits a maximum at on his contact, you need to get there before me because I'm going to be going straight there to sign up for that newsletter. And it, it's interesting, um, you know, one of the purposes of this podcast, Stan, is that you know, I get my top 10 hero business authors and authors onto this as a, as a guest. And one of them is Tony Robbins. And uh. I would love, and I've, I, I escaped, I won't say escaped, I missed a one-to-one opportunity with him on a, a Facebook uh, session he did a couple of years ago in the pandemic. And I, I, the reason I want to speak to him is I want to tell him, I went to see him um, to get enough motivation to get divorced. Okay, we'd had a, an adoption that had gone horribly wrong. And I knew that if I stayed in the marriage that, you know, Angela and I have been together so long, we loved each other so much. But if I stayed in this marriage, I was never going to be a dad. And I needed enough motivation to get divorced. And I thought if one guy can give me the motivation in the world to do that, it's going to be Tony Robbins. And I went to Tony Robbins. I think it was 2004, 2005. I'm just looking at my certificates up on the wall there. And... I spent four days listening to this guy and the difference that he made is I came back from that event with the determination to make my marriage work and we're still married now and we celebrate our 30th anniversary 17 years after and so much so yeah so much so the following year Angela and I went back and we did the Tony Robbins experience the whole firewall thing together and I'd love to be able to just tell him and if he's ever listening to this who knows but if anybody knows him get him to listen to this episode because i'd love to tell him and talk to him about the difference he made and you know i'm sure other people have been talked off cliffs and all sorts by him but you know sometimes like you say he will never know speaking to nine and a half thousand people the impact he's made he's not keeping score with that many people and we shouldn't do the same even if we're talking one-to-one with somebody should we you know we should as you say be a servant leader. You know, we should give unconditionally without expecting the recognition for that or the legacy of that, other than that we know we've made a difference. I think that's so important. Well, I, I what a, well, wow. Hey, congratulations on taking that step. And uh, that's, that, now that's a powerful story. That, that's that's yeah. one that can really stick with me. And, and I would just say, you know, you and I are at that season of life. Again, if you reach out to me, I have no motivation to sell you something that you don't need. I just love meeting people. I met more people this week that have reached out. It was just a blessing to get to know them. And, 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 and you know, God puts people in my life and vice versa for a reason. So um, if you ever want to reach out, hey, I, I love a good phone call. 
and mm. just to get to know people and go into that verticality and richness that we talk about. Yeah, that would be great. So uh, if you could give the listeners a, a tip, a, a lesson to take away, Stan, something that they can implement over the the next seven days, next week ahead, if you could give somebody something to take away that they can use in their life or in their business to make it either rich or intentional, what would be the thing that you want to share with people today? Double down on you. Double down on you. Um, my, my voice can crack a little bit here on this because when you take care of you, like I said, you've got to be a little selfish to be very selfless. And whether it's my book or look up Simon, I'm sure that people will tell you what a good morning routine looks like and what a good nighttime routine looks like. And the reason I talk about that is because you want to start your day giving yourself the best shot to give the next 12 hours. Just, just give it your best. And then if you have a good night routine, mine's a 10, 3, 2, 1. I don't drink caffeine 10 hours before bed. So I quit about noontime or yeah. 11. Um, three hours before bed, I, I quit eating and I don't have any wine or anything else because I want my body to start to digest and be ready to sleep. Two hours before I really start to dial down um, any kind of work, any kind of technology, anything that's going to have my mind stimulated. And one hour before is when I start to read and lower the lights, get the melatonin started because you want to sleep good so that you can wake up the next day and have another great routine. I, I know it's not the greatest story to end on, but I will just tell you real quickly. Um, my wife was diagnosed with cancer four years ago. And while I had a lot of responsibilities at work, I had a lot of responsibilities everywhere else. It was the one time that I absolutely, I already had good routines, but I doubled down on me. I got up earlier. I was up at five in the morning. I had my routines because I knew the rest of the day my world needed to center around getting her better, which she did. She's now in remission. Right. It needed to center around her and all the other people that I'm responsible for at work and everywhere else. So when you double down on you, that means that you become a servant leader the rest of the day. And that starts with a good morning routine and a good evening routine. Perfect. I love that. I love that. And you've touched on my weakness. My weakness is morning routine. Evening routine, yes, but I've got to improve my morning routine. And the reason I don't improve my morning routine is that I've not found a, a better way. Because uh, you know, I'm on a mission to to bring my wife to, to faith. You know, we don't share a, a strong faith, so yeah, you know, that's that's one of my missions. And. I, I, every morning we get up and we have a drink and she brings me a drink in bed of juice and we sit there and we talk and it's one of our very special moments because we talk. So it is a routine in itself. And then we have uh, a, a bit of prayer time together and, I, and that's very special for me. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that through that prayers, it, it's opening uh, a heart and a mind and I know that God's working in, in her life by doing that. And I'd love to add a couple of extra bits to that routine but then I start to break down the routine and I don't set the day up as good as I should do. So I think that's something I'm going to take away from today's podcast episode, as well as many of the other things you've shared there. So listeners, yeah, double down on you and those routines. Start of the day, end of the day. I think that's a great 
great lesson there, Stan. Really appreciate that. Um, and I'm and I'm going to learn from that as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So final question then. If you were to have your next coffee with one of your heroes of life or literature, if, if it's an author, great, or if it's just somebody who's inspired you, living or dead, who would that person be? So many people, so many people. Um, you know, uh, it was actually about 12 years ago when I talked about Jerry, that friend of mine mm. that had a 50-50 chance of living for five years. Jerry's still living. And wow. while I live about 1,500 miles away from him, I think it'd be him just because oh. he was that catalyst. He was that guy that said, yeah. you know, when death becomes certain, life becomes rich. And that has just not only changed my life, but hopefully I've changed other people's lives through him. So it'd be Jerry. Jerry. Great. Yeah. We need to get Jerry to listen to this podcast episode, don't we? Because it's so clear. He probably doesn't realize the impact he's had, or perhaps he does, perhaps you told him, but uh, I think this will reinforce that. So yeah, great, great answer. Well, Stan, you've been a great guest. You've given us some incredible stories. We're both cut from the same cloth of wanting to share our message through stories. It's the best thing we can do. Uh, and you know we both share a strong faith as well so it's been a privilege to have you on today's podcast and I really want to thank you for getting up and sharing your lessons at such an early time in your day and uh, yeah thank you for being a guest it's been a privilege thank you Simon God bless you and your listeners as well and uh, just enjoy the holidays and uh, it's a time for family and it's a time for uh, still Thanksgiving for all we're blessed with thank you absolutely and listeners now you've only got two things to do You've got an opportunity to leave a review of this podcast. Tell us both what you thought about it. The second thing you can do is you can tell us what difference implementing what Stan has shared today has made to you. Go away from this podcast episode after listening to it and make a difference. You know, Double down on yourself, make a difference in those people around you and let us know how we have served you and the difference it's made. That would be a great testimony to this podcast episode and that you've done something with it. And I'm sure you'll all agree that you now have had a dose of the contagious spirit of enthusiasm from Stan. And as always, I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.